Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You guys, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Blinds. It is me, Troy McGeady, and I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Kelly. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm in a good place now. This is the best place I've been in all week, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Troy just moved. Troy just moved. Troy just moved, <laughs> and he moved up a three-story walk-up with six flights of stairs with a giant helix bed that I'm grateful for but doesn't bend and it was just it was just a fucking ordeal but i'm here and i'm really 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 excited for this for this episode because this is another one of those things that just lives at the forefront of my brain all the time and it'll it'll be good to extract it out now before we tell them what we're going over i need to talk about the new zac efron movie yes thus yes yes because I feel like it goes right along with our episode. It's just another fucking movie where he's just, I, I can't even explain it. Like, he's a spy with Jessica Alba. No offense to Jessica Alba, but Zac Efron can do better movies than a Jessica Alba movie. Come on. In Dubai. Come on. It's by Jessica Vi- Alba. I know, I know. It's, by, it's produced by Visit Dubai Productions. Like, and I was like, what? that sounds dirty. Yeah, like that has dirty money written all over it. Like mm-hmm. a suitcase filled with bills was slid across somebody's desk to make that movie happen. I know. I was just like, Zach doesn't want this. Poor Zach, man. And it, it you're right. It does perfectly play into like what we talked about. The, he, these random fucking movies that he chooses that don't make any sense for his career. Where you're just like, somebody told you to do this movie. Exactly. And I just think about how good he did in Ted Bundy. He could do serious movies and they just won't let him. They won't let him. He should at this point with how long he's been acting. I mean, he should be at a completely different level. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I think everybody saw more for him when he was younger. Yeah. And even like Greatest Showman, even more movies like that. Yeah. Um, there's another thing I want to talk about. It's dark-sided. Yeah, I know. Let's get into it. Aaron Carter is going to be a part of a show called, like, Boys Sing Naked or something. And it's going to be a 60-minute show in Vegas where he's completely nude. I mean, like... (laughs) I I can't even do... Like... What the fuck? Aaron Carter is like, it's like you think that he's sunk to like the lowest level of like depravity that he can get to. And then he keeps digging. 
and he just keeps digging and now he's doing a, a show in Vegas where he's just nude and standing on stage. And I'm afraid for that audience because he is so volatile. Yeah. Like God knows what will happen. And oh, I guess his OnlyFans, those subscribers can cancel and just go to his Vegas show. I mean, listen, the one thing, the, the positive that you can say about Aaron Carter is that he's very aware of the fact that he's a giant penis. Good for him. Yeah, that's true. He's very aware. It's huge, and he's very confident about it, and he loves to show it off. So good for him. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think to say. That's my positive, my positive outlook on Aaron doing a nude singing show. My only thought was, like, I hope it doesn't overlap with Backstreet Boys' show that they're doing around, like, Christmas time in Vegas. Kelly, I hope it does overlap. And I know that that's, that's hurtful to say to you, but can you imagine? Could you imagine? I mean, there is still the restraining order, so. Oh, yeah. So they probably, it can't overlap. I mean, can you imagine Nick knowing that his brother is performing on stage nude at the next buffet or whatever? <laughs> I can just picture Aaron. All right, I'm going to put this into the universe because I can picture this happening, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys will obviously have like a bit, not a banner, a billboard or something mm-hmm. on wherever they're performing. And Aaron will pull out his phone with the billboard behind him being like, you think Vegas is so cool? I have a show in Vegas too. Yeah, that's exactly what will happen. (laughs) While he's blowing, he's like holding a cigarette with his pointer and thumb and blowing the smoke into his camera. Yeah, and then it'll be like, see you later, big bro, or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) The amount of times Aaron Carter goes live on Instagram per day is like, like, it's like, I want to unfollow him just for that reason. But I also don't like, he just, he's insane. And sometimes he'll just stare at his phone and I'm staring back at my phone. And I'm like, I feel like Aaron Carter and I are FaceTiming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) While he's like punching up some beat. Oh yes. He's, he has many, many beats. Mm Mm-hmm. Many, many beats that are that are in the works, that are coming out soon, that are being that are almost finished, that are being sent to his guy that he's waiting for. Yeah, many beats. And then he's also tip- sometimes making clothes that he sells on his website. Mm-hmm. Like I do like his tie dye. Get one, Troy. I think I, I honestly would. I would. I would. I don't mind throwing a couple simoleons across the table to. Uh, to, to Aaron Carter, why not? If you subscribe to our Patreon, Troy will buy <laughs> an Aaron Carter original. Will it get to him? We don't know, but he will purchase right. it. Right, right. It may have a couple cigarette burns in it, and that decides character. I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Should we? Do you yes, want to do? Do we it. do it? Yeah, and this is Troy's thing. I just found out who this person is. I have some comments, but Troy, you're you're the guy for this. Okay, so I wanted to talk about somebody. I, I, I mentioned him in the last episode that we recorded together. His name is Eric Podwall. And he is a talent manager in Hollywood. Um, if you know anything about him or if you've never heard of him, you may have heard of Camp Podwall. It's like the nickname for his group of, of talent in Hollywood. And he's an interesting, he's a really, really, really interesting case because he's somebody who 
if we're just letting, if we're going to get right into it and just like get down to the nitty gritty, Eric Podwall is somebody who basically is known for having clients that he forces to beard. Allegedly. For, allegedly. Um, he forces them to stay in the closet. And this was all, you know, rumor and people talked about it for years. And then one of his biggest clients, which I guess I'll, I'll wait to like, say who it was um one of his biggest clients came out and said like yeah my management forced me to not only be in fake relationships but i was forced to not be open about my sexuality because i was told that i wouldn't be able to work and on the surface level it seems like something very simple where it's like there's a manager he has all these clients he doesn't want them to come out of the closet he thinks they won't get roles whatever but it's actually so sinister and so dark and this conversation kind of bleeds into so many different things, but did you, what did you, did did you know anything about him before this or not at all? No, I just knew of like the group that hung out together, Matthew Morrison, JC Chazay and Chase Mm -hmm. Crawford. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And I remember all the rumors that surrounded like those three specifically. Mm -hmm. And then I did like a little research. Um, I couldn't find any blinds about him, but I found an article and it made me dislike him immediately. Yeah, he's very skeezy. He's very shady. Um, he's got a really, really bad reputation in Hollywood. But at the same time, he's extremely connected. He, I mean, he's invited. He basically is the person who supplies the guest list for the White House Correspondence Dinner every year. Um, Damn. Yeah, I mean, he's extremely connected. And his group rolls deep. Like he, they don't go anywhere without, you know, a minimum of like 10 people. And it's, it's wild. So if you, I wrote down some of his clients because Camp Podwall is like, the whole point is that, you know, he rolls with the same group of people everywhere. And it's just, it's, it's dark-sided. It's like his entourage. Totally. Mm -hmm. And he controls all of them. He is completely in control of all, all of their lives. Um, so Chase Crawford, Matthew Morrison, uh, Harrison Osterfield, J.C. Chazé, Brody Jenner, Frankie, Frankie, hello, can we talk? It bleeds over into like Laguna and the Hills. And Delgado has an agent? Yes, and it's Eric Podwall. I, always, I don't know, I always thought like, Frankie was the agent to everybody. You know what I mean? Totally. When I saw his name, I was like, what? (laughs) It's so random. Um, One of his biggest clients is Colton Haynes, uh, Sean Pyfrom, and Joseph Mazzello. And there's more. They kind of come in and out. He manages a lot of the Glee people. Um, He got Matthew Morrison, his opening act of Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block for 15 locations, 15 out of like the 50 that they did. He rides hard. I think Matthew Morrison is like his, his, uh, his silver tuna. Okay. <laughs> He's like the one. He rides really hard for Matthew Morrison. And Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they both believed in the same like pipe dream that Matthew Morrison would be this like Justin Timberlake and like Eric Podball really believed it for years. He was like, he will be a successful white R&B singer. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I actually, I wrote down, I took a little screenshot of this article because this kind of gives you a, a quick little synopsis of who he is and what his whole gig is. This is from The Hollywood Reporter. It says, from booking boy bands to creating crossover stars, Eric Podwall has built a business on the back of his bromance with the likes of Matthew Morrison, Chase Crawford, and Brody Jenner. Morrison's manager since 2009 and a, and a friend since the actor's own boy, band's day, boy band days himself, Podwall was a key member of the Backstreet Boys team in their heyday when he worked with David Zet, Zedek at Evolution Talent. His tenor coincided with the teen pop explosion, which included NSYNC and Britney Spears, and launched his career as an agent, but only after making one key decision, not joining Lou Pearlman. It all ties back to old Lou. And that's what ties back to our friendship. Exactly. <laughs> Lou is unfortunately our North Star, unfortunately. <laughs> we were like, oh my God, someone else hates this man. I know. And like can't avoid articles about him even if you try. And uh, just really quick, sorry. With no, Eric Podwell, when I saw like pictures of him, I was like, that's who that guy is. Cause you've seen him before, right? His face. Mm-hmm. He's always on red carpets. He's always at um, you know, the Golden Globes, and he's always like at these really big major Hollywood events. His parties the photos from his parties end up circulating all over the internet always. Like, you'll see pictures. There are celebrities that you'll see pictures of them for years and years and years, and the photos are just from an Eric Podwell party. Right. Like Paris Hilton? <laughs> yes. He has major, major uh, Halloween parties. Nina Dobrev. Sorry, I'm just, like, looking at... I'm like... It oh, yes. It's all just one big circle. It's all one big circle. Yeah, Nina is like one of his biggest supporters always around. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, after making one key decision, not joining Lou Pearlman at the talent shop turned pyramid scheme, uh, transcontinental. Seeing where he is today has probably turned out for the better. He deadpans. Obviously, this is when Lou was still alive. His presence on the red carpet is nearly as ambiguous as some of his clients, which include Jace Crawford, Brody Jenner, J.C. Chazé, Sean Pyfrom, Joseph Mazzello, and Colton Haynes. It's all part of a grand plan that centers around full-time membership in Camp Podwall, which sounds like a secret society, but is more like a brotherhood. The best thing about working with Eric is Camp Podwall, says Morrison. All of his clients are great friends, and he really makes makes that environment. So the Hollywood Reporter said, after leaving William Morris for Evolution, you brought with you a relationship with the Backstreet Boys. How did that start? And he said, through going down to Orlando to meet with Lou Pearlman about a possible job, ultimately I went to work for William Morris in LA, but I met the Backstreet Boys then in my relation, then and my relationship with them, I'm drinking. (laughs) I met the Backstreet Boys. (laughs) Then and my relationship with them started to develop. That was before their big break. And when I was working with uh, William Morris, I maintained that relationship, even though I wasn't working with them directly. It's what brought me to David Zedek, who wanted me because of my relationship with one of the biggest groups in the world. My stipulation was that I come as an agent, so there was a mutual benefit to us doing this. I went there and had an incredible run working with Dream, 112, D12, Khalees, 3LW, Phantom Planet, and of course, the Backstreet Boys. 
So this man is like a huge part of our lives. He's he is very similar to Lou mm-hmm. in the sense that like he's had a hand in so much of the music we love, so many of the TV shows that we love, and so many people don't know his name. And like that's those those things are always really crazy to me. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you Google photos. Okay, it's like hard to even know where to start with him because it's so layered. Obviously, as I mentioned before, he's known for sort of having these clients who are rumored to be maybe closeted or there's speculation about them being closeted or their their sexuality is speculated. I'm under the impression just from, and this is just opinion, and this is just based on reading people on the internet talking about him. It seems like he sort of likes the attention that that brings I think that there's like an understanding that like if you're a big male celebrity, like gay rumors are soon to follow always, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you think he like seeks people out that have those rumors surrounding them. I kind of do. And this leads into another yachting conversation because the thing about it that, as I said earlier, it's a little, it feels very sinister is that I also think that he is very similar to that Muhammad guy that kind of controls Zac Efron's life, where his clients aren't really allowed to just kind of like willy nilly do whatever they want. Like they have to, they have to beard and stuff and they have to, you know, be in these fake relationships and sometimes fake marriages. And it goes really far. Sometimes they'll like have kids. Mm -hmm. And it seems like all of that is sort of under the guise of like, they still have to yacht. Case in point, I think Colton Haynes is the almost maybe the purest definition of a male yachter, like a yacht boy. Just yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. Right? Like showed up in Hollywood out of nowhere, not really the best actor, very pretty. And if you look at the circles that Colton Haynes runs in. They're very, 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 very seedy, very dark. And he shows up at places where you're like, what the fuck is Colton Haynes doing at the after Oscars party? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're you're definitely not wrong with that. I mean, he was on Teen Wolf on MTV. And you're like, oh, Colton Haynes was invited to Elton John's house? How quaint. Like, that's fun. Yeah, you guys, just so you know, this is what we mean by, like, piecing things together. You know, mm-hmm. how does someone go from this MTV show to an after Oscars party? Right. Like, what would be your reason to be there if you're Colton Hayes? Exactly. You don't see Tyler Posey doing that. Maybe. Exactly. No, well, I actually, I don't know. Maybe Tyler may be a weird example. <laughs> I after I said that I was like, damn, the only other one I know is Dylan O'Brien. But he he's not like that. Like he's not a celebrity, right. he's not into that celebrity. He's a good example, I think. But yeah, I mean, like you brought up a picture of Eric, one of Eric's Halloween parties, and you notice the thing that also ties into this is like he's, you know, his friends. Like he has this even outside of his client list, he also has this group of friends that he travels with. Mm-hmm. And one of his closest, closest friends that he always throws parties with and is always on private planes with and is always hosting events with is Brian Singer. So you will see lots and lots and lots of photos of 
Eric Podwall on these private jets with a bunch of young, blonde, you know, tiny little twinkie looking boys that are like eager to make it in Hollywood and also J.C. Chazé and also Brian Singer. And they're always together. And it's like, this has been a thing since like 2007. This isn't like a, you know, this isn't even like a legend. This is like their family. I mean, they are known as like a group. It's rare that you even see J.C. Chazé without the Brian Singer group. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And just really quick with J.C., so I think Lance Bass is very thirsty, but I think he's a good celebrity in my mm-hmm. mind. You know, I don't know if he's a great person. I'm not going to get into any of that. Sure. But somebody on TikTok, they were like, where's JC? And he's like, somewhere in the rainforest. I don't know. And I was like, ooh, is Jay-Z, is JC trying to like hide a little bit? I think that JC tries to hide a little. I think that he, because he's one you know, tilted head, squinty-eyed view away from people being like, what? What? Why are you always with Brian Singer? Which sucks because he was clearly the most talented in NSYNC. I know. And it really makes me wonder, like, the actual politics of why he had to share being the lead. Because that's so weird and so rare. And that was such a weird thing that they had to, like, the logistics of that it just feels like there's way more to it than like they both sing good come on I completely agree and I've always I know we're going off on our tangents as we do (laughs) but like Backstreet Boys had basically three leads and I'm like three leads kind of make sense to me Mm -hmm. whereas say 98 degrees sometimes Jeff Timmons would sing but Nick Lachey was the lead totally I don't know. It just, it's interesting to be like, and when did it shift? Because when NSYNC started, JC was the lead singer. And what made that shift? To exactly. Justin? Like what made it so that they randomly would have to do those spin arounds so that Justin would, and the way that they chose to like deal with it was so weird too. Because even with the Backstreet Boys, it was like, like if somebody was leading, it felt like they were leading for like that specific song. Or, or verse or something. Or verse or something, yeah. Whereas in sync, it was just like so messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like two big egos having to be stroked on in front of a million people constantly, yeah. basically. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I just, that kind of popped into my head. No, you're fine. Yeah, I think that there's, I just think that there's a lot of really interesting weirdness that goes on with JC um, that people just don't talk about because he's not, you know, the most famous member of that band. Um. And his solo was so bad. All day I dream about sex or like some girls dancing oh, women. I'm like, why are you being so sexual? <laughs> I know. So like performative. Mm-hmm. True, true. You know, such a performative, like, why? Mm-hmm. And so since we're on the topic of JC, I don't know if you'll remember this or not, but this, all of this stuff sort of became something that was on my radar a really fucking long time ago at the peak of Perez Hilton outing people back in like 2007, I want to say. His favorite thing? His favorite thing to do. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but do you remember when J.C. Chazé and, um, and Chase Crawford were like roommates? 
Yeah, I do. Because I, Chase Crawford was, is kind of still like my number one celebrity crush. As he should be. He's so beautiful. Yeah, I love beautiful men. <laughs> <laughs> That's your housewives tagline. I, know. I love beautiful men. That's how you know I'm bisexual. But no, I do remember that. And I remember they were like cabanas. They were always at pool cabanas together. Yeah, so they, so J.C. Chazé and Chase Crawford, for whatever reason, chose to live together for a little while. And like, they were so sort of inseparable that they became known in the press for a little while as being attached at the hip, BFFs, and blah, blah, blah. And Perez Hilton had basically reported that on the set of something, um, actually, I wrote it down. It says, so yesterday, Perez Hilton, this is from two, uh, like summer of 2008 uh, from New York Magazine. It says, so yesterday, Perez Hilton cited a rumor that Chase Crawford and Ed Westwick were spotted kissing on the Gossip Girl set. And all hell broke loose on the internet. And that was when, like, the Eric Podwall group of guys really first started to become, like, a thing that was in the press. Because then that was when people started noticing that they were always together. And it wasn't just you know, a couple of them, it was like nine of them together all the time. Like you said, at like cabanas mm-hmm. or like on VIP, you know, and like bungalows on rooftops and stuff. And they would be surrounded by like curtains. But then you would see like, you would see like JC peek out with like a fedora and like some tilted down sunglasses. You know what I mean? Or you'd see like a bunch of twinks running around if you squint, like running in like speedos and you'd be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, I remember all that. And I do remember, like, once those rumors started, Chase Crawford started dating, like, Carrie Underwood, then randomly making out with Drew Barrymore. Like, there, it just kind of mm-hmm. escalated. Yeah, like, very fishtail very, like, let's figure this out as quickly as possible. We're going to pair you with whoever kind of gig. Um, and those rumors, I mean... There was also, I know that I wrote it down somewhere, but there was also another rumor uh, that Perez Hilton had seen. Basically, that Perez Hilton had outed, I don't know why I'm talking in circles, like this isn't the point of this podcast. Basically, Perez Hilton had outed that J.C. Chazé and uh, Chase Crawford were allegedly dating. And these rumors were huge. Yeah. Like, they had to talk about this for years. Because Perez outed Lance. Uh-huh. So like, what a, a dick. Like, yeah. And and like Lance Bass was basically outed because he was seen in P Town, Massachusetts, Provincetown, Massachusetts, leaving mm-hmm. a bar. And Lance said he felt blackmailed by Perez. If he didn't come out, Perez would have outed him. Like, what a fucking psychopath. Perez isn't right. Like, he is so, and he knows. I was just listening to, somebody had him on a podcast the other day, and they were talking, or I think it was, um, it may have been Toxic, the new Britney podcast, um, but they were talking to him about, like, his past and if he feels bad about it, and they were saying, like, you know, he kind of lives in this space of having to apologize for his past all the time. And he literally said on the podcast, like, to a, like I'm, I'm sorry to an extent, but, like, at the same time, I'm not really. Like, I don't really feel bad about a lot of the stuff that I said. And he, and they were asking him if he felt bad about the way that he treated Britney. And he was like, yes and no. 
Yeah, he said that she was being, a, you know, a bad mom and that she sort of deserved, in a sense, basically saying in a sense that she deserved the way that she was treated because she wasn't being a good mom. Like, he's still at his core very rotted and very, you know, he's a terrible, terrible, terrible person. But he did sort of start, like, he, I feel like for me, he was the first push of the domino as far as, like, the Eric Podwall of it all. Because I had never, especially back then, I had never questioned any of this stuff or, like, why those guys were all together all the time but it was him that was just like obsessively stalking them basically which wasn't yeah. hard because like I said JC Chazé and Chase Crawford were not photographed apart from each other for like almost a year yeah yeah for you know sure. and one of the really interesting things too oh I had mentioned earlier that he is the person who's always like supplying the guest list for parties which I also find very very weird like can I just say, I wish I had that kind of power? Like, to be like, we need you for the Oscars. <laughs> like, what? I'd have, like, the most random people. I'd be like, Daniil Harris, my first girl crush, you're coming to the Oscars. Congratulations. <laughs> you just almost spit your drink up. I know. <laughs> I almost spit my drink on my computer. <laughs> Listen, if Jessica Alba is allowed to show up at the Oscars. You can invite whoever the fuck you want to invite, Kelly. Thank you. If Jessica Alba can sit next to Meryl Streep at the Oscars, like, (laughs) it's like, sure, go for it. Whoever you want. (laughs) Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Um, but I wrote down this interesting quote about that because you know, people wonder why he's so connected. It's like, he has this like very weird, like Sven Gully sort of vibe in Hollywood. Like why is Eric Podwell the one that supplies the guest list for the Oscars? And it says every year, the White House Correspondents' Dinner draws more than a few, huh, guests? Those, those of the moment scene stealers whose presence at the black tie affair is meant to draw eyeballs and make headlines. Remember when Sanjaya showed up? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Do you even remember Sanjaya, Kim Kardashian before she broke the internet? And none other than J.C. Chazé. But while the rest of the one-time wonders came and went, former boy bander Chazé has been a familiar face at the dinner since the late 2000s, which was already several years after NSYNC's last world tour. Additional Additional slightly random but frequent guests include Gossip Girl heartthrob Chase Crawford, Actor Joseph Mazzello, the kid from the original Jurassic Park, Matthew Morrison of Glee fame, and Dallas Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo. So why do all these guys get the golden ticket? Two words, Eric Podball. Like, he just can do whatever the fuck he wants. Hang on, can I talk about the Chase Crawford, Tony Romo of it Mm -hmm, all? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Chase Crawford dated Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. They broke up. Tony Romo dated Carrie Underwood. They broke up. She allegedly wrote Cowboy Casanova about him. Okay. Tony Romo is now married to Chase Crawford's sister. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I didn't know that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I think about it a lot. That's like some celebrity connection I think about all the time. That's this. It's this such a small world. Yeah. Everybody is like weirdly connected in this very strange way. Mm-hmm. And I also just wanted to mention. I think it's really important that I said earlier that one of his biggest clients, like basically left him left Eric for like nobody ever speaks bad about Eric Podwall which I also find really odd like he's so connected in Hollywood he knows all these people but nobody ever says anything bad about him and then his biggest client which technically wasn't his biggest client but I feel like I feel like Colton Haynes served a purpose for Eric Podwall Mm -hmm. like Colton Haynes was almost like his pony his trophy boy he loves nothing more than to like get Colton Haynes dressed up and parade him around some black tie event. And, you know. And even his Halloween parties, Colton was like the main event because of, I remember one time he came as like Fiona from Shrek. Yeah. He would make it a big deal for yeah. his costume. Yeah. Like he would basically form the whole party around. And those Halloween parties are so major because they combine all of the yachting people. All the, of them. All of them. doesn't miss one. No, she never misses an Eric Podwall Halloween party. I mean, just go- you guys listening, Google Photos. Type in Eric Podwall Halloween. It'll g- date back to like 2006. The craziest guest list that you could ever imagine. And it's all people that we will talk about on this podcast or that we have already. Like, you you see the Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner is a staple. He's never missed one. Um, yeah, people like Nina. It's it's wild. Matthew Morrison is always there in some, like, you know, like, just something that, like, requires him to, like, oil up his abs. So, Troy, I have to ask you. Do you think Matthew Morrison deserves all the hate he gets on the internet? Kind (laughs) of. I think he's a disingenuous asshole. Like, I think that people don't like him because they can sense how disingenuous he is. None of it is real. Like, he's, oh, he's just so, like, cheesy and try hard. And it's like, who worse to emulate than Justin Timberlake? Yeah, I always thought he was, like, the poor man's JT. Yeah, and it's, like, that's who, I mean, listen, a lot of people wanted to be Justin Timberlake in, like, 2008, right? 2007, like, Future Sucks, Love Sounds Time, of course. But, like, you're still writing that? Like, girl. Do you know the boy band he was in? No, I don't really know anything about them. He was in LMNT, who sang Hey Juliet. But by the time the song became a radio hit, they already replaced him because he didn't, he like wanted out of the band and wanted to be a solo artist. Because he wanted to spin around in a fedora. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an asshole. Like he just seems like, he just seems like he's such an asshole. And I also just feel like he, there's something sinister to me and I could be reading too much into it but like based on what we've just talked about to me there's something sinister about him being Eric Podwell's end-all be-all favorite number one guy would do anything for why yeah I mean you can also say that the way I think of like Lou Pearlman's favorites I'm always like why why is that your favorite person like what is he doing for you 
When it comes to Matthew Morrison, I always think after Mark Salling died, he posted a photo. It was Mark Salling, him, Corey Monteith. And he, his emojis, it was like an angel, a regular emoji of a boy and another angel. And I'm like, probably not right now. Yeah, like maybe not yet. Oh, <laughs> he's just... He is, ugh, he makes me, he literally makes my skin crawl. Like, I, all I can, I don't know if you were, like, a glee head. Oh, yeah, I was a glee. Okay, so, like, I just, it's, like, the image of him singing, like, Gold Digger, and, like, I, I just, the him rapping, him looking for any excuse to rap, like, the hairs on my arms are all standing up one by one right now. I always think of him and Rachel Berry singing that Sting song, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, bleh, bleh. right. Um, but I was going to say earlier, just to be transparent, you guys, because I love being honest about this stuff, just in case my internet and my new apartment is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with it. I was trying to use my laptop. I don't know what the deal is, but here we are. So I'm sort of picking up where I was before. And I was going to say that, you know, so earlier in the episode, I mentioned that, um, ironically Eric Eric Podwell's like favorite boy Colton Haynes was the one to kind of blow the lid off of his whole gig but even still Eric Podwell is so respected and so protected and connected that you know the the articles came out but nobody really did or said anything about it mm-hmm. so Colton Haynes took it upon himself to um post this on his Instagram so he didn't really go to like a media site he posted this online himself and he said for those of you who are new to Hollywood or any business be careful who you work with watch out for liars brainwashers and manipulators those who promise you the world and then fuck you over leaving you blindsided if and when this happens to you I promise you will make it out alive take it from me I knew it was happening the entire time and I'm doing so much better in life without the without that fake influence who projected negativity on me because they were too afraid to own up to their own insecurities. Sorry for the realness. Actually, I'm not. I'm done apologizing for the things I didn't do. And this was released when he had announced that he was leaving his management. He wouldn't directly say Eric Podwell's name, but he kept saying, I'm, I'm, I've ended, you know, I've cut ties with my management and my manager. Um, and for context, this is actually really ironic. So in 2017, at one of those famous parties that we were talking about, um, there was this whole story. I don't, you will, I'm sure, definitely remember this. There was a whole story that they tried to run where Colton Haynes was photographed with Lauren Conrad. Yes. Yeah, I remember that because he was also photographed with his co star, Holland Roland. Holland yep. Roland, right? Roland? Yes. And then Lucy Hale. They really tried to push him and Lucy Hale. But no, I do remember that. He was actually on an episode of The Hills as a model before he was even famous. Yes. Okay. Of course you knew that off the top of your head. What was I thinking? Of course you immediately knew all of that and the context. Of course. That's why we do this podcast together. Um, so he basically said um, in reference to that photo, I would be at a party um, there was this whole story that ran with Lauren Conrad, who I love. She's the best. Basically, my old manager at the time was like, hey, take a picture with her. Uh, he just basically ran this story trying to say that I was dating Lauren Conrad or whatever. It was there for about six, it was there for about six months. 
And I was like, oh, great, I have to do this. This is how it is in Hollywood. I did that for seven or eight years. I was told by my my first manager, uh, you will never work in this town if people know that you're gay. And uh, then the person interviewing him said, I assume that is what led to the changes in your management. And he said, oh, God, yeah, that was like, bye, I got to get out. God, I wish I could say more. Um, And I wish he would too. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. And if you think about it, Lauren Conrad was connected to Colton Hayes, right? Mm -hmm. Chase Crawford and Brody Jenner. Obviously Brody Jenner, we all know that. Totally. But all the rumors, and there are so many pictures of Lauren, Audrina, and J.C. Chazay. How ironic is that? It's like light bulb. Like right. so many light bulbs are happening for me right now, just <laughs> listening to you speak. And I'm sorry, I feel like I've been totally all over the place with this, but this is one of those ones where like, it's all just lived in my head for so many years that I just feel like I'm vomiting right now on, on my microphone. We're just here to support you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but yeah, how ironic that Lauren, who for whatever reason shows up to Eric Podwell's parties every year, is then conveniently linked to him. And it's like, who the fuck really thought that Eric, that that uh, Colton was dating Lauren Conrad? It's like, if anything, it just makes these guys look stupid and I feel bad for them. I want to pick Lauren Conrad's brain more than anything on this planet. Kelly, listen, I always say, I want to get your theory on this. Okay. I always say that you got to be a really specific kind of girl to be a beard. Yes. You can't really be a peacock and be a beard. You can't be like, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, I, I don't agree with that because I mean, Taylor Swift. True. That's but she really does true. it really well. She does it really well. Yeah. She's almost like in a, she's in a class of her own. Like she's like the queen. Let's say you can't be Selena Gomez and be a beard. Right. Like it almost takes somebody like a Julian Huch or, uh, you know, somebody <laughs> like a Lauren Conrad who can be in any room, who can be at any party. Sure, Lauren Conrad could be at an Oscars party or she, she could be at a Coles ribbon cutting ceremony. Who would know the difference? You know what I mean? I agree with that. I agree. Like Lauren Conrad, she could be at the Oscars and you'd be like, okay, that's weird. But then but then like she's at the VMAs, then she's at Kohl's, like it all just kind of, you don't question it. You don't question it. And when you look at somebody like a, like, I just think that Julianne is like the best example, you know, Ryan Seacrest, like toting her around. It's like, sure. Right. And then you know what I mean? From everything. Right. Exactly. it's just like I don't know I don't I I don't think you can be um a big huge giant massive personality that commands a room and also be like a beard to a guy who needs you to be like a trophy no I agree with that because I don't think Lauren Conrad is necessarily an interesting person right but she's very pretty and MTV loved her you know what I mean yeah and like she I agree with that. And maybe she's not like the most interesting person, but she's had such an interesting life. Right. People around her are interesting enough to make her interesting. Right. Yeah. And that takes, I mean, it's takes talent to know that to be like, you know, I'm a little boring, 
but I've got some fucking crazy friends and yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And like Spencer Pratt wants to kill me. So. Right. <laughs> he literally wants me dead. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all so connected and so weird. And I would say if you're somebody who's like starting off and like the blind item yachting whole kind of world and you're having a hard time maybe navigating it, honestly, starting with like researching people at Eric Podwell's parties, I mean, it's it's a treasure trove of blind item celebrities. For sure. Eric Podwell's parties, like I looked them up, like I said before this, I didn't know anything about him until you kind of were like, I want to I wanna talk about him. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the Teen Choice Awards go to his parties. Yes, yes, Everyone yes. at the Teen Choice Awards goes to his parties. And if you, God damn it, you are, yes. And if you read anything about the Teen Choice Awards, you know that it's basically, the blind items around the Teen Choice Awards are basically that it's like, it's like a televised cattle call. Like, or like, it's like, you know, it's all of the young, hot, like willing to do whatever for their career people, people like Bella Thorne. You know what I mean? Going to the Teen Choice Awards every Nina year. Dobrev, my gr- we need to do a Nina. Do we I, have to. I talk about Nina constantly. We have- <laughs> well, because she's so connected. I mean, like she, she is. She is like the best friend of all these guys. She's always dating these guys, and she's always on yachts with these guys. Like she knows where every single body is buried. I mean, she she dated Chase Crawford. Mm-hmm. And like hangs out with Zach Efron, and I don't know. I just Nina Nina is gonna get it. Nina is gonna <laughs> end up on Beyond the Blinds. <laughs> she better. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I have to add about Eric Podwall. I mean, did you want to talk about Brian Singer at all? Oh, hello. Yes, I do very much so. So Brian Singer is gonna get his own episode. Mm-hmm. Brian Singer is somebody who he's another one of my. He's like another Moby Dick for me. Because I cannot believe that Brian Singer is allowed to just exist. To live his life freely and Britney can't. And Britney can't. Britney can't get a Starbucks on her own. But Eric, or, um, but Brian Singer can Instagram twinks running around his house. And when people know what he does at his house, and it's fine. And this is why I always say, like, I have such a problem with cancel culture because it isn't real. If Brian Singer is allowed to fucking gallivant around and buy Ferraris and travel with Hugh Jackman on private jets with underage looking boys in their fucking plane. And cancel culture is complete bullshit. Cause what the fuck? This is how I feel about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with holding someone accountable, but as far as cancel culture goes, I cancel people for me. Right. There are just some people who cannot come back like, for me, like they can apologize, they can go through the motions, but like, I'm just right. not going to support them. And that's how I feel too. I think it, it needs to be, and I think everybody should feel that way. I think everybody should be like, it should be up to your own. There's no like collective, like we all have to decide that this person is done, but this person isn't like, cause you discover things on your own. Your discretion advised. You know what I mean? And like what exactly, and what you and I, know about celebrities is so much different than like the average person who doesn't really give a shit so like the people that I 
there i mean people will go see brian singer movies still yeah he hasn't done anything since x-men like turned on him right because i remember the whole cast like he had like a big project well x-men for sure but he had like another really big project that for whatever reason people were like oh like wait shouldn't he not be making movies but like he shouldn't have been making movies for the past like 20 years you know what i mean yeah and if you if you look up brian singer like halle berry would fight with him a lot that's mm-hmm. what it in like olivia munn like all the mm-hmm. women would fight with him not really the men yeah he's um i just have a real problem with anybody who chooses to be friends with him who chooses to hang out on his planes. And I actually, just for the sake of stalking, I follow a lot of his, like, cause he dates like multiple young boys mm-hmm. and he sort of like will house them. Like he'll just have these sort of house boys living in his home. Was um, Lou Pearlman the blueprint? Like, honestly, was Lou Pearlman? I mean, I know like early Hollywoods right. was like dark, but do you think Lou Pearlman was kind of like, because he had yeah. all the boy bands live together. He had, you know, Kevin Richardson live with him. Rich Cronin live with him. He must have just revolutionized that seediness for these people. Like yeah. a, a, a new way of being able to like abuse someone in plain sight. To do it where you're their manager and you're quote unquote taking care of them. Right. But, you know. It's just so, like, I, I follow I follow a couple of Brian Singer's, like, boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Because I, cause they openly just, like, Instagram Live and stuff all over Brian Singer's house. And, like, Brian Singer isn't really as active on social media anymore now that he's, like, so exposed and everybody knows everything about him. And right. I think after that, Holly, it was, like, the Hollywood Reporter or the New York Times or something did, like, a recent, like, really intense expose on him and they spoke to victims of his um he doesn't use instagram and stuff really anymore but he used to be very active on it but his boyfriends still do i follow one of his boyfriends on insta and he just he has parties at brian's house all the time and they do little photo shoots in brian's yard in front of his cars and um you know on the holidays brian's i mean he still lives his exact same life he still has you know, his holiday parties where it's just, you know, a 40 chair long table of twinks in sequin blazers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? About to get fucking coked out of their minds. And it's it's wild. It's crazy that somebody can just... The gay mafia is very real. The, the, velvet, the velvet mafia in Hollywood is very fucking real because they can do anything they want. Now, as we wrap this up, I guess like... I, again, I didn't know any of this, but it all make, makes sense hearing you speak because I've seen pictures of JC and Chase Crawford together like crazy mm-hmm. and Matthew Morrison and Chase. Like I said, Chase Crawford was kind of the person I had my eye on. Right. But it's just, it's so, it's, it's so sad to think that if these people, right, if, there's a big if. Right. They can't live their truth. Right. That, and that's where I come at it from. Like, I'm not, I want it to be clear that I'm not trying to be like a messy Perez Hilton in 2007. I just think it's gross. First of all, 
several things. For one thing, I think you're allowed to speculate about a person's life who associates with Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. If you're going to post pictures with Brian Singer on your Instagram every fucking week on private planes showing off young boys that you guys are traveling with, I'm allowed to inquire because you've made it public, first of all. Secondly, I just think it's like sinister. I don't think that it's like, I think a lot of these people would be maybe a little bit more open about their lives if they're allowed to. But it sounds like, especially based on what Colton said, that they're mostly blackmailed into not being open about it. And I'm sure there's a part of J.C. Chazé and Chase Crawford that after 10 years of not only living together, but traveling all over the world together and, you know, being essentially life partners, that they want to fucking maybe talk about it. You know what I mean? Who knows? We don't know. Yeah. And it's like, it's just really gross to me that people's sexuality is it's like weaponized in Hollywood and they use this like I don't know it's the way that it's weaponized I just think is like really gross I would agree with that I I agree with everything you said I mean I have nothing to add honestly I think that it just it makes sense when you see all the pictures from his Halloween party when you see pictures of like like you said, Colton Haynes with Elton John, it just mm-hmm. connects the dots. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, this is almost feels undeniable because Colton Haynes from Teen Wolf is at the Vanity Fair Golden Globes party. Um, you know, it's a little, it's a little fucking weird. But yeah, I mean, this is, I, I you know, I, I was all over the place, but hopefully, this kind of gave you guys, if you're interested in this, a place to start. Um, there aren't a ton of blind items about uh, Eric Podwall, but like he's a blind item kind of celebrity because all of his clients are blind item celebrities. And um, yeah, I would just start, I would start with Colton Haynes because he's, he's the golden, he's the former golden goose of Camp Podwall. So. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate. I mean, I just want everybody to know everything we're saying are blind items. It's all allegedly. We have done research, but take what you will from this podcast. Yeah, it should empower you to do your own research. Like we get a lot of messages from people being like, like, I've never read a blind item before. Like, where do I start? It's as simple as typing in a person's name with the word blind item after it. That's pretty much it. Right. Or say like, say we just did a Justin and Selena podcast Mm -hmm. on our Patreon. Justin and Selena, crazy days and nights. Yeah. That's simple. Yeah. It really is so easy. And then you'll get a whole stream of just really interesting. And then you'll be able to connect your own dots. Like you'll discover stuff that we missed or like didn't talk about. Like, you know, when somebody's famous for 12, 15 years, there's a lot, a lot to discuss. So yeah, for sure. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.